What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Knicks Take Podcast. I'm your host, Josh So Focused, alongside my co-host, French. French, say what up? What's good, y'all? What's going on? We're your hosts. We're going to try and do a weekly podcast talking about the biggest Knicks uh, topics of the week. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about all of last week's games, starting with the Brooklyn Nets game, finishing up with today's game against the uh, Washington Wizards. Uh, we're also going to talk about playoff seeding. Uh, in the first episode, we kind of were talking about playoffs and play-ins, how that kind of works. We're going to get into that a little bit and talk about what effect that's going to have on the Knicks at the end of the season. And then we're going to round it off with the NBA trade deadline. We're going to talk about what we expect is going to happen. All right. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, Knicks game versus Brooklyn Nets. Knicks at Brooklyn, March 15th, where Knicks lost 112 to 117. Uh, French, what, 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 how you feel about that game? That game was just nasty. Like, we were supposed to win that game. The refs wanted to just keep calling everything off Frank. Uh, that's what I remember most. Frank took over the game in the fourth, and that was just a bad loss. We came back. We supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Bring that one home, but the referees want to keep Brooklyn on top, I guess. They don't like the Knicks. Yeah, that, that happened to be the biggest story coming out of that game was just the refereeing um, in total, when, when we look at that game, you, a lot of the, a lot of people think Knicks fans are just complaining about that last block um, that Kyrie Irving had, where they called a travel on Julius Randle. But it wasn't just that call. There was a lot of calls at the end of that game where um, it was just bad. It was like, just even the challenge. It, 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 go ahead. I was gonna uh, say even with the challenge, it's like even <laughs> like. If if that wasn't going to be a challenge, the very next play needed to be challenged too, and we had to waste it on the last one because the officiating was so bad, and it was just play after play. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about calling a foul on Frank Milikina for getting stepped on, <laughs> and then you know they stumble because they step on Frank, and that's how Frank fouls out of the game, and other bad calls like that, like something, something you know, same thing that happened to James Randall happened earlier in the game, and they didn't call that a travel, but right. You know, they call this a travel. So that overall, that was a, that was the biggest story was just officiating from that game. Julius Randle finished that game with 33 points, six assists, twelve rebounds, twelve rebounds. Had Frank Nellikina's defense down the stretch was one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, why the Knicks were even in that game. And, and R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Reggie Bullock, they all contributed big amounts. Uh, to get us even in that game and have us in a, in a position to where we could have potentially tied it up and even won that game. Um, next game, very next day, Knicks not having any kind of break. March 16th, New York Knicks at Philly, where Knicks lose that game, 96-99. Uh, French, go ahead, give me a recap of that game. That game, we we had basically the lead the whole, the whole game going into the fourth quarter, and then Tobias Harris just took over, I remember. He was just and shot after shot in the post, like around the free throw line. He just kept going down against his sweet spot. And, yeah, it was just over for us after that. That's what I remember. Yeah, man. Um, Knicks, were, Knicks were hot. <laughs> Knicks were hot after that last loss. They they, they yeah. not like how that, that game ended. And you could tell how they came against Philly, how they came out against Philly. And um, I, I just think it was the back-to-back and how much energy they had put in against Brooklyn and then how badly they wanted to win this game against Philly. That fourth quarter when Philly came out hot and 
Knicks just didn't have the energy to, to finish that game off. And that's basically, you know, the big, that's the biggest thing that came out of that game. Um, Sixers getting hot and the Knicks just, you know, Thibodeau was just running these guys down 30, 40 minutes a game. Yeah, and well, he ain't got no choice. Everybody was hurt that game. We yeah. had no Alfred. We have. I don't even yeah. think we had quickly that game, did we? Uh, I don't remember if we had quickly that game. Uh, I don't think. Actually, I don't think that we did. Um, and if he if he was part of the game, he wasn't one of the biggest contributors in that game. Alec Burks ended up with 19 points. Uh, mm-hmm. the team uh, alongside Julius Randle, who also had 19 points, eight assists, five rebounds, and. Uh, Nerlens, Nerlens was there. He was a pretty good defensive force for us that game with the four blocks. Um, but ultimately, that was quickly a, started that game. Uh, quickly started. It was probably um, I don't know if it was the Orlando game that we didn't have him for, but that that game we uh, we had a chance to win that game too. It was a, a team that we could have won against one of the best teams in the East, and we had it and we just didn't have just the scheduling killed us more than anything else next game we lost because of the officiating this game is just the energy the lack of energy that we had and we just couldn't pull it out philly's a really good team and you you can't afford to come half step against philly and the knicks can't gave it all they got but just didn't have enough left in the tank um and that's what we got there next game after that a little bit of a gimme well, you would hope that it's a, that you would think it's a gimme after playing the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. March 18th, Knicks played Orlando in the Garden, won 94-93. Um, we had I, control most of that. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we controlled most of that game, and we got too cute at the end of the game. We didn't close them out. They came back, tried to get that win, and it was like on an eight-game losing streak, right? Yeah, it was something like that, about an eight-game losing streak coming into that game. Yeah, they started feeling hot. They went on a little run in the fourth quarter, and then Reggie Bullock turned the ball over and then got the steal, and that was a game-winning play right there. And that was Reggie Bullock's birthday, I believe, also, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't, yeah. didn't want to get that loss and, and be a, uh, the contributing factor to that loss on his birthday. I, I believe he had um, – he almost caused us to lose that game on a turnover, and um, but he saved us with the big steal at the end. When it seemed like the Knicks were destined to uh, grab defeat from the fo- jaws of victory and got a real gimme game against Orlando and looked like they were about to, they were going to do what they had to do and didn't seem like they were really that interested in winning this game. I don't know if it was because they were playing Orlando. I don't know if they it was just because they only had the it's one game. game. I, yeah, I don't it know if it was a game that they game. knew they was going to win. Yeah, um, it's not that Orlando is is a garbage team. They have they have talent on that team, they have talent on that team. But at the end of that game, they they just were not putting it away that that you know with the kind of uh, effort they had put in the first half of that game, it seemed like they were trying to lose it. And um, especially after those two tough losses against Brooklyn and Philly, you don't expect the Knicks to to finish the game the way that they did. But they pulled it out. Uh, Alec Burks once again led the team with twenty one points. He actually had 10 rebounds that game somehow. Uh, Julius Randle, 18 18 points, 17 assists, 10 rebounds. I believe that was his third triple-double of the season. After uh, him, he he was probably the only Nick. He's the first Nick in I don't know how many years to have more than one triple-double in a season, and now he's on his third one. Since Melo. Melo had two, and then Randle's the first to have three since, like, the 70s. I forgot. Yeah, so – 
Michael Ray Richardson, I think. I don't know. That's before my time. That's your time. <laughs> that's before my time too, bro. Um, yeah, Julius Randle. I mean, we we doing this weekly recap. Uh, we're gonna keep saying Julius Randle's name because I believe he was he. No, I not believe he was definitely one of the biggest Knicks in every single one of these games, if not the most important Nick in each and one of these games. And it's games like this where it's like 18 points, 17 assists, 10 rebounds. And it's kind of, we're kind of like ho-hum because at this point it's, you expect Julius to at least have a double-double or somewhere close. And, you know, I'm, I'm glossing over the assist numbers, but I, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving you his numbers. In the next game, he had six assists. In, in Philly, he had eight assists. And in this game, he had 17 assists. Like With no point guard. <laughs> no, no EP. No, this is a power forward doing this. Like uh, Julius Randle, like we need to give. Him, I'm, we're not going to give him his flowers to the degree that we need to give him on this podcast, on this episode. But that, that's 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 a bad that's a bad stat line. Like that's just that man's killing. And uh, you know, that was that somebody that everybody's sleeping on too. He had like twenty for like what the past three, four, five games. And yeah, we gonna get when we needed it most. We gonna get we gonna get to Burks, but Burks is Burks is definitely, uh, you know, I, I believe at the beginning of the season, he, Alec Burks was supposed to be the starter. Um, yeah, and then he got and hurt. He got hurt, and then uh, Reggie Bullock took that took that role. But since Burks has been back and he's been more consistent, he's definitely been one of our most important players. And this is the you know these are the games where he's showing exactly why he was starting to begin the season. Um, we could skip that last Philly game because that was just terrible. I'll, I'll talk. One. I'll talk about the Philly game. The, the Philly game, March twenty first. The Knicks uh, lost one hundred one to one hundred in overtime. I've, I've got a lot to say about that one. Mm-mm. Overtime, one hundred and one to one hundred. Not regular. Not regulation. We talked about. We started we, French. We we recorded the last episode right after that game, and uh. You get really emotional when you see a game where it's like you just you know you deserve to win that game. When you play, when you see your team play hard enough and do enough to win that game, and then the deflation you feel after seeing a game decided because the ref decided to call a foul. Which, if we're I'm a with like a minute and a half left, what's that? We're up five with like a minute and a half left. Right. Tobias hits a three. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bias, respect that. Mm-hmm. But down one, you're going to call a foul with, with the and that, game on the line. That's what the refs are going to do. And it wasn't even that much of a of a foul. It was yeah. something that Dwight would do it all night. Right. And that's the thing. You it's, see it, it on Twitter. like That's right. not the type. That's not that's, – to see that, see that you know, all right, they come back because Philly, once again, like I said, Philly is one of the best teams in the, in the East. They are a championship contender. But to have this game – come down to what's basically a cheap foul that's going to decide the game if they if they hit both that decides the game um the referee that was drafted the timeout the, the timeout the was it a was it a uh, you know you know was he was Thibodeau asking for them to review it you know is that why he called for the timeout or oh, not? I we're forgot gonna, about that we're oh. not going to get in, we're not going to get too much into oh. that because obviously he doesn't call that timeout Unless he wants them to review the call, ultimately that wouldn't have gone our way anyway. I think they would have upheld that call because it was a foul, even if it was a cheap one. They would have really would have upheld it. We would have lost the timeout anyway, and the game would have ended the way that it did. It's more so and about. Referee got drafted by Philly. 
Yeah, I mean, that's another reason he would opt out, dude. We got, <laughs> and we got to mention that too. I don't, I, I, I think that I'm not going to question the man's integrity, but you know, just to keep put all the about the Sixers. Um, he's still a homer. I saw that. That's all I want to say. He's still a homer at heart. That's why he threw that whistle. Had to give him on that one, but yeah. But um, you can't, you can't, you can't, you gotta, you gotta let Philly try to win that game. Yeah, the Knicks came back, forced the overtime on a Julius Randle three, and then took control of that overtime. You know, the overtime period, and um, you you, you just gotta let them do what you gotta let them do what what they do. If Philly come, if Philly comes in and scores and wins the game on a bucket, you tip your hat off to them. But you don't you don't hand them the win with a, with free throws or hand them a second overtime with free throws. They had five seconds left in the game. If they if they get that rebound and they put it back, you Philly earned the win. But that does not feel like a win. Uh, that does not feel like you know a Philly earned win. That feels like a win that was handed to them by the referees. And um, it just seems like we've had a lot of the games the, this season where you got you got games that are not being decided and they're never in the favor of the New York Knicks. And that's why we got games like how we had tonight. Where we had to go and just blow their ass out by 30. Wizards is getting packed up again on Thursday. So that's just to make up for all the dumb so that you don't you that's how you just don't leave it in the hands of the referee. Exactly. Next game, blow them out. Don't exactly. let them come back in the fourth quarter, put Randall back in when you up 27, what 28, 29. <laughs> Keep your foot on their throat and not give them a chance, like Mike Breen said. What he said on the broadcast, he said, to get the right energy going into the next game, you got to keep your foot on their next to make sure that they don't get no confidence. That's what tonight was about. We're not leaving it up to the refs no more, man. We're going to blow teams out by 30 when we got the chance to. And and that's what you have to do, especially against a team that's – doesn't really have playoff aspirations like the Washington Wizards that you don't that should not be a threat. If you if you're in this playoff hunt, like the Knicks are trying to be in this playoff hunt, you don't play around with teams like the Wizards, especially when you have tough losses against the Phillies, against the Brooklyn's, you know, uh, and these are and those games where you feel like they had a chance to win, you wanted them to win, they should have won. Um those were all games where they shot poorly from the free throw line for the most part. Knicks, Knicks have been showing shooting very bad from the free throw line, so they need they need to come out against the Washington Wizards and show them. All right, this, we're playing against these teams this well because we're good, you know, in our own right. Maybe we're not as good as them. Maybe we're not better than them, but um, we're a good team, and we're not. You know, you're not just going to come here, or we're not just going to go to your house and, and just roll over it. You know what I mean? You got you got to take control. You got to put the foot on their neck like you said. You got to do what you got to do. And um Julius Randle, once again, 37 points. Put this team on his back. Spanked the Washington Wizards, you know, mostly by himself even though everybody had a pretty decent game. It was an overall game, but 37 points from Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson would have with a second game back, which we didn't even talk about Mitch in, in that Philly game. Bench. Oh, yeah, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch really, he didn't really do nothing against Philly. He was he had good minutes, but he didn't play a lot. Well, what I will game, say, he played a lot. What I will say about that Philly game is that um, the, the Knicks were the Knicks came out slow, and um, Philly 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 started off. You know, they got a little run. They were up by ten, you know, ten points or more. And the first substitution Thibodeau made was he put in Frank and Mitch. And the one thing I remember about that. Is just instantly how the defense, the, the Knicks defense, turned up with Mitch 
and with Frank. Not that Nerlens Noel is a bad defender. Um, not that quickly is not that quickly is a bad defender. Um, but Frank is a better defender than Quick, and Nerlens is not a, not the defender that Mitch is when Mitch is gone. And they came out, they went out there, and they locked the Sixers down. And that momentum that they brought with their defense showed throughout the rest of the game, even though they didn't have that great of a game, you know, when you look at their stat line, especially, you know, you know, especially Frank, but they brought what they had to bring. And that was the energy the Knicks needed for that to be a game. And Mitchell Robinson comes in tonight, comes off the bench, easy 16 and 12, like he never, like he never left. Like he never came on. Right, like after, gone for however long. right after Nerlens had his first double-double of the season. Yeah. And he's been playing consistent minutes most of the season. He's been getting, he been contributing. He filled the role for Mitch, but when Mitch come back, he's showing like, this is my job right here. Excuse me, sir. Huh? You got your first double double. That was cute. Sixteen and twelve. The next game. Talk to me nice. And <laughs> you know what's the best part about this game? All the times Russell Westbrook came into the garden and lit our ass up. Triple doubles all in the first half. And days is over. Now look at him. What he shot from, from the field today? What two for ten? Yeah, we're, we're had his ass on the fence tonight. Lock up. Excuse me, sir. Huh. You're going to jail tonight. No points for you. You're going to get this out. Take the 30 piece and go home. Yeah, man. I'm sure Russ came in the garden feeling like, oh yeah, you know, it's the same old Knicks. I'm, we, I'm about to show them. I'm just about to show them old Russ. You know, everybody saying I'm wise. I'm gonna show them what it is. And this is not that Knicks team. That's on the fence. Yeah, get on the fence. You're going to jail. You, you better go look for another team that's as, as bad as your team if you want to show out. This is not the team to do that. And uh, mm-hmm. RJ, who I haven't mentioned, but RJ, this entire stretch, he's been good too. Um, he had he had a good twenty one points. I think he had five and five. You know, and um, this this team don't do what it do without RJ. You know what I mean? And like I said earlier, this is about the playoffs at this point, right? This is about the Knicks showing these top teams because we're in that stretch right now where we're playing against the best teams in you know in, in the East and the best teams in the league in this half it's of the season. Still. It's time, time, time to show what you got, right? It's about the playoffs. It's about doing what you need to do. It's about spanking these, these worst teams, these bottom feeder teams, and showing, showing the world that you are not them, that you are in this playoff hunt for real, for real. That yeah, maybe you're not maybe you're not one, two, and three seed, but you have just as right as much right to the fourth, you know, any anywhere from the fourth to the eighth seed. And that's what the Knicks have to do. The Knicks have to show that they are just as good as all the rest of these teams that are in the playoff hunt and that they want to be one of those teams that go from four to eight to one to three. Um But that's gonna take an upgrade on the roster. And I feel like that's the scary part about this trade deadline is the fact that we need to improve the roster, but in order to get the pieces that you want on a team, it's going to cost something valuable that's on the team. You don't want to mess up the chemistry, so it's yeah. rough. I don't know what to do about this trade deadline. I don't even know who I would want on this team. I like Alonzo. I like Alonzo a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that he's most likely going to be a free agent target. But when I look at the team and it's just like you thinking about what we miss. Oh no! It's looking like this team has the chemistry that they need to make it to the playoffs enough. All yeah. they need is a number one scorer, and they need to do that by adding somebody onto the team, not by like trading it. Unless you trade in Austin Rivers or somebody who's out of the rotation, but that means somebody in the rotation will have to get out. Right. And I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, well, I, I mean, know who I want. Yeah. I mean, the only person that I could really. I don't even know if he. I gotta check because I don't even check him for this dude no more. No more. Our, our lottery pick, uh, Mister Obi Toppin. Um, 
to Mr. Obi Toppin play today. Boom. He got a hot eight minutes and scored a hot zero points with a hot one rebound and two fouls. Uh, you can give those eight minutes. You can give those eight Obi Toppin minutes to somebody else. I think me and you actually had had a, had a, had a slight disagreement about this. We could we could have this disagreement for about two minutes right now. Um, I think we had this actually. We had this discussion for the Philly game, and I've, I just feel like if you want to win games, you can't you can't just be handing out eight minutes for nothing. And it's not for nothing. Well, what is he bringing to the team? Building for the future, still. What do you, you don't what know is what he's going to bring to the, the team, team right now. For the playoff picture right now. I, the like, playoff picture right now means nothing. We ain't winning a championship. We need to get our young I, boys ready to play in the playoffs for the years to come. You got to give them that experience to get comfortable in the, while he's playing on the, with these guys right now. Get the chemistry right now. What I said, but what I said to you was, what I said to you was, that's why he played in the first half. I don't want to see Obi Toppin getting early fourth quarter minutes against the Philadelphia 76ers. And and I and if you win that game and he gets those minutes, I'll I'll shut the, I'll shut up. But, but what is but what experience game, is he gaining? I'm wondering, all right, could you not put somebody else other than open top to open up that fourth quarter to make whatever two, three point difference that, that it would have made so that we win that game? Because we lost that game by one point. And I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. You do have to develop Obi Toppin. But I would rather him get more than the eight minutes that he got against the Washington Wizards when we blow them out by 20 so that you can try and develop him so that he can actually play well against the Philadelphia 76ers. Then you you see what he's doing game after game after mm-hmm. game. You have, great, you have a great team in the Philadelphia 76ers and you're giving him opening minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And maybe maybe if you give those minutes to somebody who's going to contribute, maybe that game doesn't go into overtime. Maybe you win that game in regulation. You give Which him I those do. minutes so he can see how to overcome that obstacle. Playing against 30 he, minutes against the second and his, giving Philadelphia. him no answer. Do you so think what? he learned that Philadelphia game, how to overcome that obstacle against the Philadelphia 76ers? Do you think he, he don't know what he learned, but I know he learned a lot more on the court than he would do right now. I'm going to tell you right now, he played eight experience. minutes against the Washington Wizards and got zero points. He didn't learn shit in the minutes that he got in the fourth quarter. And I understand how you we feel. I understand. Okay, well, I guess we'll see in the next game when he plays another hot five minutes and doesn't contribute anything again. And then it's we're wondering like, why I'm playing this guy when he can't even play well against a bottom feeder team like the Wizards. I want him to get minutes. Still I don't, I don't want you to understand. I want him to get minutes. But you have to, you have to get him the right minutes. And he's not getting the right minutes. He needs the minutes in general. It don't matter if against if, if it's against the worst teams. The, when he's playing against these best teams and he sees what that environment is like on the court when it's a playoff atmosphere, and they're saying he's practicing hard off the court, all and in the practice he's looking good, but when it comes to the game, he still needs to get his rhythm. He's a rookie. He got to understand the, t- the, the, the tempo of the game, the pace of the game. He got to adjust to it. It's different than college, and he's only going to learn that by playing. He's not going to learn that in practice. He I has agree to play against the top players. He has to still sharp and still. He ain't going to learn nothing by playing against what? The Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards? He got to play every game and get a, a rhythm. But and, and it's not like when we get to the playoffs, he's going to be starting fourth quarter minutes. If he's ready, he will. But right now we're in the regular season. If we lost to Philly, cool. We're going to make up for that one. We're going to get another one right, right after that like we just did. We're going to get right. wins when we need to get them and – Philly's a game we should have won. We only lost by the ref. We didn't lose because of Obi Toppin. 
I didn't say that we lost because of Obi Toppin. I'm just saying that I would prefer for his minutes to get somewhere else. And that's all I'm going to, that's the, all the minutes I'm going to give Mr. Obi Toppin with his hot zero points against the Washington Wizards. Take me um, minutes, man. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll give him a hot, another hot three seconds. You wouldn't, you wouldn't trade Obi Toppin for anybody uh, in this offseason in the, for the trade deadline? I don't know. It depends on the person. I ain't trading him for no Ola Depot or Alonzo Ball. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, those are two of the names. We we got Ola Depot. We got Alonzo Ball. Um, Andre Devin Drummond. Booker tried to say, I want to go to New York. Obi, you out of here, buddy. Enjoy Phoenix. Okay. All right, cool. I agree with you. You know <laughs> damn well. You got to be a star I, I can't give up on him. For no Obi Toppin. You know that. because he was can't crying lose. on draft night. But, all right, we got drumming. I ain't on draft night. He was happy yeah. to throw in that next cap. I ain't gonna give him. I ain't gonna throw him to the Bulls that easy. I'm not throwing him to the Bulls. I want him to develop. Andre Drummond, Aaron Gordon. Um, I didn't hear about this Aaron Gordon. You added Aaron Gordon to this. Well, what what is it? Uh, Aaron Gordon said uh, in regards to getting traded. We whooped his ass so bad he requested a trade. He was like, "Yo, I had enough of this. <laughs> they ain't gonna keep doing me like this. They cooked us." One point loss still. Evan Fournier, he's my teammate. He's supposed to be the number two option. Give me, I'm out of here. Trade me to Boston. It's looking like Boston want to trade uh, uh, Marcus Soren some draft picks for him. And um, yeah, Aaron Gordon, he, he just, I don't, I don't see it with Aaron Gordon. He just looked like one of them dudes that just want to dunk. And if he can't do that, he's not really doing much as, as far as I see. I don't really watch too much Orlando ball. He's okay. saying that, uh, Lonzo want to be on. He want to be on the Knicks, but New Orleans want to. They want to get like some some draft picks, some young players. Knicks ain't trying to do all that when they got the cap space in the offseason to sign them. So they ain't looking like we going to trade up. Would you give up uh, a Dallas pick and Obi Toppin for Lonzo Ball? For what? Gonna be a free agent. He don't want to be in New Orleans. I'll be I, watching I, Ball in the family. He said, "Yo, I ain't never trying to go to New Orleans." When he was on the Lakers, and then he got traded there. He's tight right now. He want to get up out of there. No, I, I, I hear you, but what I'm asking you is if if all it took was one of the Dallas picks Mm-mm. and Obi Toppin to get Alonzo Ball Mm-mm. to be a New York Nick, and then maybe being a New York Nick, you get him on the, on a slightly cheaper deal because you're in a playoff team now, and maybe he'll help you bring a big name and another big name, and now you're talking about Alonzo Ball, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, you know, Mitchell Robinson. And you pick your name. You giving up Obi Toppin in a in a in a first round draft pick, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you want to include Frank in that deal or or whatever. But uh, me include Frank. You're asking <laughs> the wrong one, buddy. Ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's the name? The three best rookies in this draft class. Uh, quickly. Um, okay, that's it. That's it right there. That's all I wanted you to say. Is his name right there? Because he was guy. He got. We got him. With the Clippers first round pick. I'm okay. not giving up the Dallas first round pick that's looking like it's gonna be a number what, 18, 19 pick. And this draft where it's supposed to be deeper than like this draft? No, I'm good. I might give up the next pick. Right. Well that's what Alonzo. I'm, I'm asking you. I, I didn't specify whether we're talking about this this season's Dallas pick or the next Dallas pick, but one of the two. Um oh, Alonzo. Alonzo. Nah. about to be restricted. And New Orleans don't want to pay him. So we just throw the right number at him. We got him. We ain't got to trade no assets for him. We could just okay, add him to who we got on the team now. I guess and get that, Alfred ass up out of here. <laughs> well, I guess that. Well, I would include Alfred in that trade. I know I didn't. I didn't. I was looking for other names, but I was thinking Alfred, Alfred, Obi, 
Kevin Knox and a, and a pick uh, for Lonzo. That shit so fast. Who? They're going to decline it just because Alfred's in it. They don't even care about the rest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got we got we got to clear up a couple roster spots too, so that's why I'm in. And yeah, but um, all right, well, I'll I'll move on from that. But you said at the right at the right price. What's the right price for Mr. Lonzo Ball to be on this team? Because I, I I don't I don't think that there's a right price. I think you try to you try to get him here so that you can get him cheaper. You don't want to you don't want to spend more money on Lonzo because he's not he's not that guy. He's a guy I want on the team. He's more young. than for sure, but I'm not paying Paul to be the future. I don't I give call- Lonzo a contract similar to what they gave Randall. Mm-hmm. I'm not you want to know why I would? Because Lonzo's in the same spot that Randall was when we when we when we signed him to the team. He's mm-hmm. just a young player that's been steadily improving every year. Everything they said he can't do, he's becoming. Better at this season. Last year, what he shot from the free throw line, fifty. Now he's shooting seventy-five, forty from the three. They said he couldn't shoot. He about to be shooting fifty from the field. And he's a defender. He knows that he he plays defense. He's a facilitator. He th- he knows how to feed these dudes. You you want to talk about Obi? Watch when Lonzo is on his team. He's gonna catch Obi whenever Obi's wide wide open in the paint. Nobody seeing him. Nobody feeding him the ball. He going. He not gonna be having zero points a game. He going. Lonzo's gonna be feeding Obi. Lonzo's gonna be feeding all these guys that be wide open that other players just be looking off. He's gonna see all that. And we're gonna be scoring in the break in a whole bunch of easy baskets that we can't get now. Like Magic said this morning on first take, he was saying how the Knicks can't get no easy baskets. They gotta get everything in the half court set. That's how that's how it normally is, right? That's because we're missing guys on a fast break. We're missing guys that's wide open in the paint trying to get some alleys. They ain't, we ain't getting that no more. Lonzo get on his team, all that's coming to a stop. I, and while I agree with you on that, and that's kind, of, that's why I I like Lonzo in a trade. I, I I struggle paying him more than fifteen, um, because until uh, unless we know that he's going to be consistent from three, unless we know that he's going to be better at the half court, um, in terms of organizing the team. I don't want to wrap. I don't want to wrap myself up in it. I'm hoping that you're that we have a Julius Randle type effect on Lonzo if we give sign him to that money. Um, but I don't. I don't like the idea of you're, we're going to pay Julius Randle. We're going to pay R.J. Barrett. We're going to pay. You know, if Lonzo's on the team, we pay R.J. for a while though. We're going to pay Mitchell Robinson. At a certain point, you know, we still have Emmanuel quickly. Which we don't have to worry about paying him for a little bit, but at a certain or point, RJ. yes, or RJ, but RJ, RJ, because he's he was such a high pick, he, he's still gonna he's still gonna be a, one of the higher paid players on this team. Um, at a certain point, you're you're gonna have to start to wonder, okay, how much of this cap space are we gonna be holding for a max player, um, or to to bring in or a is max, this player, max player gonna be, or to bring in a max player in a trade if we if they ask for a trade. We need to we need to be able to hold some of that cap space for that specific reason, just to roll it over the way that we have been over the past few years. Roll it Who's over. That gonna be though. It, it could be anybody. You never know until we keep they keep rolling over cap space. We keep yeah. doing that, and then we keep expecting this magic person to appear out the blue, and it's never happening. So I feel like well, we might problem, as well just the problem with the guys the, that we know is gonna 
The problem with the Knicks ever since they, the, the first time they started doing this, LeBron James, the first time when, when he was going to Miami. And the Knicks were just as ill-prepared to bring a star player onto this team as they were two years ago when we signed Julius Randle and we were trying to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. In that they were so focused on just having the cap space that and that they didn't think that it mattered what was happening on the court, what was happening in management, what was happening behind the scenes. We don't have that problem now. It don't seem like we have that problem. We have a development team. We have a good team. We have a playoff team. We have young players. We have we have draft picks. We have assets in order to facilitate facilitate you know some sort of trade. Maybe not the trade yet. But we have we have the assets to facilitate a trade for some better players. We're no longer a laughing stock. Whereas we were the laughing stock of we were one of the laughing stocks of the team when LeBron was first on the market. Kevin Durant was first on the market. When all these players, when they when they come to the market, the Knicks are like, yeah, we can see if we could never were even an option. Now we have now we have that. And yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be hoping for a savior the way that we have been all these years. But you have to you have to keep your options open so that if something like that happens, make sure you have your good your team is is good and well run. But you have to have that ability to say, all right, we can just here you go. We can give you this guy for nothing so that you you want cap space. All right, we'll take him on for for free. We'll give you a bag of chips for for this guy to take his thirty million, thirty five million off your cap space because you you know what I mean or. Here's some young players. Here's some assets. Here's some second round picks. Here's some first round picks. Let me let, let me get your guy. Who if you don't give him up, you're going to lose him for nothing. You can bring him to a good team. He's happy. They get cap space. They get young players. They're happy. You got to be flexible in all different types of ways. So roll that cap space over unless you can use that cap space on a player that's going to help your team be better. And Lonzo is a player that will help the team be better, but you can't, you have to. You have to figure out, okay, at what price? Because if he's overpriced, his contract is a bad value, and you won't be able to offload him the way that you need to. Who would you give up for Lonzo right now? Who would I give up on the team? That you think that New Orleans would actually be interested in, not the guys that just not playing. Um, guys in the rotation for Lonzo. I think I'd give up Reggie. Would you give up Burks? You, I, I think that you would have to give up one of Burks and Reggie, not both. Obviously, you have to give I up. I wouldn't one. give up either of them. I, th- I think that you. I think you would have to, um, just because there's a little. I, I would. I would. You got to be careful because make, it's like we. I think these to are make the players that are building everything that's good about this season. Reggie Bullock is always the dude that's guarding the best player on the team. With him no. going. Lonzo's not going to be able to do that. He can guard the point guards, and he can play good team defense, but he's not going to pick up um, no, it's true. Frank the Frank. best wing players. But Frank ain't going to be playing if Lonzo's healthy. <laughs> no, and if Frank. all these guys is healthy. <clears throat> Listen, Lonzo's a good defender. He's not going to be – he's not a Reggie Bullock defender, but he's a good defender. Um, I, I, was, I was very tempted to say give up Burks. Because Burks is not the defender that Bullock is, and but he's still good. And I don't. That's why it, I I I say you have to give up one or the other to get Lonzo. 
and I I think Bullock is just on a one year, right? This is his second year, which is his last year in his contract. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna lose him anyway. No, nah, you could resign him. You can, but you could resign Lonzo too. Yeah, but you could sign Lonzo in the off season, is what I'm saying. You can resign. You can sign both of those. You can resign both of those guys in the off season too. I would want to have both of them. Like, if we're gonna go to the playoffs both? this year. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm saying if we're gonna go to the playoffs this year, I would want both of them on the team. I would uh, want them to have the chemistry together so that they can play together. I don't want. I wouldn't want to trade Bullock for Ball. If we're gonna have Ball, I want to sign him in the offseason and run it back next year with the same crew. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and stay far away from Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like. The, I, like the idea, I like the idea of trying to get Oladipo on the cheap, but I, I don't see how we do that. I don't see how we get Oladipo without giving up somebody that's important. And I I think I would rather have Lonzo than Oladipo, which is why I'm like, I I would consider giving up one of Burks and Bullock for Lonzo. I can't say that for Oladipo, even though I think that if Oladipo can get back to what he was, he would definitely be worth it. But I think he's the same deal, right? He's he's a free agent at the end of the season too. Yep. And, and he won and He's a bigger he's a bigger name, and it's going to be harder to keep an old depot than it would be to keep Alonzo Ball. Um, yeah, I think I think I agree with you. Stay away from old depot. Um, another name that was tied to the Knicks recently is Norman Powell. I don't see how the Knicks acquire Norman Powell in a trade. I don't think the Knicks have enough to entice Toronto. I think Toronto still thinks that they have a shot in the playoffs. It's not a lot. There's still, there's still half a season left. I think that if if they go on a run, if they think that they can go on. I think that they think that they can go on a run good enough to be back in the playoff picture. Well, what was you saying that they ready to? Uh, they working with Kyle Lowry to make sure that he goes where he want to go. So they're going to trade Lowry. They're looking to trade Norman Powell because of the fact that he's about to be a free agent. And they just paid uh, what? Who? Fred Van Fleet. They yeah. paid him this this last offseason. They're going to have to pay uh, uh, Siakam, right? I don't know when is, when is they already, I think they already agreed to a deal with Siakam. Um and they're so not going to give no big money to Norman Powell. No, they're not. So they're expected for him to leave in free agency. So right now they're just trying to get a good package for him if they can. I don't think that they're going to be playing a hardball with him. But I don't I don't think him for the cheap. I I think that I think that some of the bigger teams are going to be willing to give up a package for Norman Powell that is going to be more than what the Knicks are willing to offer for a guy who may not come back at the end of the season. Possibly. Possibly they give that package for Terrence Ross. Possibly. Uh, I don't know. I would like to see Norman Powell on this team, um, but I don't think the Knicks, I don't think the Knicks are going to give up too much for him. And I think that's going to end up shooting him in the foot, but we'll see. Maybe they don't, maybe they can pull off something and they get him on this team. Um, just hit 45, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're almost done. Only thing only thing left, I think the only name I, we didn't talk about was Evan Fournier. For, yeah, say that, Evan Fournier. Um, Evan Fournier. Fournier. Uh, why is he on this list? Because um, Orlando shopping him, too. In New York was a, like, I forgot who reported it, but they confirmed that New York was in contact with Orlando about Fournier, but... He's a good player. He's solid. He averaged, what, 20 points this season? Mm-hmm. But he locked his ass up for the game the other day. I don't want to see him on the team if he's giving it up like that. Yeah, I don't want he him on this team. down in Orlando. I don't want him on this team either. I, I think that I think that they're, 
they're good pieces. They're good pieces to have on a team, but they're not the pieces to add to your already good team. If you if you get with that, what I'm trying to say, like they're they're bench players. I don't that think he um, I, I don't think that you. I don't think we look at these guys as ones, twos, threes, or fourth options. You want them to be more your fourth, fifth option, worst best case scenario. Um, I'm not giving up anything for either one of those guys. He's solid. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't but see I don't, what he adds to the team. I don't. I don't see. Um, so real quickly, last episode we was discussing the playoffs. We we talking about this trade deadline to see how the Knicks can improve upon the team in, in in the trade deadline, and we're not really seeing. We're seeing a couple guys that we would like, but it's it doesn't seem likely. Um, we 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 said we could see the Knicks be in the seventh seed. Um, how would if Knicks ended up with the seventh best record in the East? How would that work for the playoffs? We didn't really get into that. Uh, the seventh and eighth seeds are going to be the play in along with the ninth and 10th seed. The teams with the 7th and 8th with highest winning percentages in each conference will have two opportunities to win one game to earn a single playoff spot. The teams with the ninth and 10th highest winning percentages in each conference will each have to win two consecutive games. So the 7th seed is going to be playing the 8th seed to determine who's the number 7 seed in all of the playoffs. Whoever wins that, they're the 7th seed. The ninth seed and the 10th seed are going to be playing to face whoever loses between the 7th and 8th seed. And that's going to determine the eighth seed of the playoffs. Which means, realistically, whoever has the seventh best record in the East could not be in the playoffs. Whoever has the tenth seed in the East could be the number eight seed. Um, Beating the ninth and eighth. Yeah. In the tournament. Yeah. So. Set up for them to win. It's going to be. The the playoffs are going to be interesting. Um. So that what does that mean for the Knicks? If the Knicks are the seventh seed. They're gonna whoop their ass in the in the very first game and then prepare for the what do they play? The third seed, Brooklyn, yes. second seed. Yeah. Um, you're not if the Knicks are the seventh seed, you're not worried about who the eighth seed is, right? I know right now it's the Celtics. I worry not. I, I I'm worried about Miami if they end up being the eighth seed. I'm worried about Boston if they're the eighth seed, mainly because. Miami was in the finals last year. They, you don't want to meet them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Boston still has Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Thompson. They they have players on a team, talent on a team that we don't have. We have defense, but talent is what wins in the playoffs. From what I know, most most yep. from most from what I you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toronto, I wouldn't want them to creep back into the playoff race because they have the chemistry. Like they've been playing with each other for years, way more, way longer than we've been playing together. And it showed the last time we played them. They, 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 they packed us up by like what twenty last game. And that's about it. I'm not really worried about Indiana. I'm not really worried about Orlando. Who else is in there? Atlanta. Um, Real quick, I'll take a look at this. Atlanta could get up out of there. Charlotte is not going to be in that picture because Lamelo's hurt. All right, the standings are one Philly, two Brooklyn, three Milwaukee, four Atlanta, five Charlotte, six Miami, seven New York, eight Boston, nine Chicago, ten Indiana, with the eleventh seed currently being Toronto and the twelfth seed being Cleveland, which. You keep going down this we list. We ain't even got to talk about I'll, them. We're like, not bro, worried about any of those. Um, all right. Last thing before the we go. The only thing I am worried about 
is Kenny Payne and Let's bring that up. Brock Aller. I don't really like how they trying to just take everybody up out of this, this coaching staff and in this front office. We're doing, we doing too well. As soon as we start doing too well, they want to start – DePaul want to start zeroing on Kenny Payne. Because who's trying to take Brock? What do you mean? Where, where are they going? DePaul, the, the, the college DePaul, they, they looking for a new head coach. Mm. Kenny Payne was one of, like, one of their top options looking like. So – What was the other one? Brock Aller. Brock mm-hmm. Aller, they trying to replace Kobe Altman in uh in the Cavaliers front office for the GM position. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, that's what they're talking about. And they're saying that they the person like at the top of their list is Brock Aller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I, like I think him. I think I think that what you said about Kenny Payne, I don't think Kenny Payne's going anywhere. He ain't going back to college after just getting, you know, head uh, coaching uh, though. Yeah, head coaching. Yeah, but he'll get head coach if he does well. If the Knicks keep doing well, he'll get head coach, you know, staying in the NBA as opposed to going back to college and being a head coach. Patrick Ewing's a head coach in in, in college, and he ain't sniffing shit in the NBA. So, um, What do you mean? He was the assistant coach in Charlotte, and he left he's to go not, to he's not, be the he's head not, coach. He's not, he's, not, he's not sniffing the head coach head coach in the NBA. So um, you're, you're better off staying as an assistant coach in the NBA than anything else. That's how I feel. Um, all right, I think that's that that wraps it up as far as all of the um topics that we got for today. Uh, French, you got anything you want to plug? You got any uh YouTube subscriptions that you want to plug? Some Twitters, anything like that? Man, shout out to Knicks Fan TV, shout out to nah, I don't know, I watch just Knicks YouTube all day, I ain't got nothing to plug. Shout out Jonathan Macri. All right. Um, all right, I don't got nothing to plug. Check out Knicks Take. That's K-N-I-C-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com. We're going to launch that real soon. You can also find the podcast, podcast.nickstake.com. You should be able to find that on any feed, uh, whether it be Apple, whether it be Stitcher. You should be able to find it on all platforms, podcast, podcast platforms. And hopefully you'll be able to see us on YouTube very soon. All right, this is Josh So Focus, a.k.a. Jelani. Shout out to Westbrook for taking that loss. And we out of here. All right. <laughs> <laughs>